Steelers lost Sunday, David DeCastro complained about his teammates looking ahead to New England. Today, Ramon Foster criticized his teammates' distracting shenanigans. Yo, Dave and Ramon, it's too late for that, guys. You lost. You're out. You should have spoke out a long time ago. Not now. But then, when it could have done some good, it's your locker room, too. It's called leadership. Like I said, it's your locker room, too. You didn't have to let the punks take over, but they did. Because you let them. It's the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at X. It is tough to lead when no one follows. And that's been a problem in that Steeler locker room. But still, don't bitch now. It's too late to bitch now. Josh Harrison says he wants to be traded if the Pirates aren't serious about contending. Yo, Jay Hay, it's starting to look like the Pirates aren't serious about contending. Also, Kutch will play a corner spot in San Francisco's outfield this year and hasn't yet threatened to quit the team. Here's a quote from an article at SI.com. Quote, Pirates owner Bob Nutting never sprung for a major free agent while his team had one of the best cores in baseball. Now the billionaire is selling off his stars and selling out Pirate fans, unquote. That says it all. I don't even need to read the article. Uh, There's a story that some of the limited partners in Steelers' ownership are going to lobby Art Rooney to fire Mike Tomlin. That's at profootballtalk.com. That's a very interesting story, but Art Rooney will not fire Tomlin. And you can't fire a guy that's won 48 games over the last four years who has a Super Bowl to his credit and who has the second-best winning percentage among active coaches. I understand certain frustrations with Tomlin, but you just can't fire him. The limited partners are angry about Tomlin's clock management in the last few minutes of Sunday's game. Well, Shazam. Welcome to the club. But you got one basic problem, limited partners, and it's the word limited. The Steelers are not going to fire Mike Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin spoke to the media today and didn't say anything. Not about coaching changes, not about why he didn't QB sneak. He said social media is part of the world, blah, blah, blah. Listening to Tomlin talk is a waste of time. Oh, and Tomlin said that Mitchell yelling at the Jags outside their locker room was irrelevant. That's because it's not work for the Steelers. It's super wonderful, crazy fun time. 
Here's one thing Tomlin said I did find interesting. And it regards the commotion his team creates. Quote, we realize oftentimes it may create a storm around us, but that's not us. We don't care. We can't care. We can't control it anyway. That's stupid and just not true. You can control the storm by not creating the storm. Mike Tomlin is football smart, but otherwise a very stupid man. And that's one of the stupidest things he's ever said. Uh, the Steelers got a bit of a break when the Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon yesterday because that's the big story now. Uh, Cole got traded for Zilch, and Kutch got traded for Zilch. The Pirates will pay 2.5 mil of Kutch's salary this year. So the Pirates are paying Andrew McCutcheon to play for somebody else. Yikes. Considering what the Pirates got in return, they would have been better off letting Kutch play out the last year of his deal here. Uh, but this move got made to save money. Same thing with trading Garrett Cole. The Pirates have cut almost 23 mil off payroll so far this season. And that's what it's all about. If you're just getting mad now, well, shame on you. Because you should have been mad a long time ago. This is how this franchise operates, and it's never been kept secret. Since Kutch got traded, the Pirates have attempted to be masters of distraction. Don't look over there. Look over here. Uh, Neil Huntington said, the GM, quote, This is a young, talented team here that is going to be fun to watch, and they're going to go out and fight every single night to honor these fans and to respect and appreciate the anger that they feel right now and turn that anger into a sold-out, loud playoff PNC Park, unquote. What a crock of manure that is. Whenever a GM talks about fighting hard every single night, he might as well say, we suck, but give us your money anyway. Neil Huntington can kiss my ass in hell. Talking about playoffs. He's got brass. I'll give him that. And then you got the Pirates signing Felipe Rivera long term. A deal that's not yet been finalized. But if it does happen, I got a couple questions. Number one, you're going to stink. So why do you need a closer? A 70-win team doesn't need a closer. Number two, are you rebuilding or not? Why trade Cutchin, sign Rivero? And remember, Rivero's reported deal only ties him up through his arbitration years. The club controlled those years anyway. And after that, there's two club options, which the Pirates will not pick up because they would pay Rivero real money. Once again, I emphasize, this is what the Pirates are and always were. To be fair... They were never going to re-sign Kutch long-term and shouldn't, given his age and likely decline, which we were already seeing signs of. But trading Kutch is just the exclamation point for what's been happening since 2015. Listen carefully now. Whether you're a Pirate fan 
or a bucko blogger or a media stooge, I'm going to tell you what should have happened. I'm going to be right. You'll probably say I'm wrong. But if you don't wake up now, you just don't want to. The Pirates won 98 games in 2015 and then demolished their own team because they didn't want to pay. What most teams do, even smaller market teams, when the window is open, they maximize. The Pirates should have kept Hap, kept Walker, kept Liriano, kept Melanson, and even kept Alvarez, and then spent even more on top of that while the window was open. That's Kansas City. That's Houston. That's Miami. That's how it's done. The Pirates' window should have been through the end of Kutch's contract this coming year. After that, if you cut payroll back to last in the league for a while, people would be more accepting. Because when you had a legit chance, you tried. But when the Pirates had a legit chance, they smothered that legit chance with a pillow. Attendance has dropped by 600K since 2015. Let's see how much it drops this coming year. But between the $50 million payoff from the MLB tech sale and revenue sharing, wow, that should cover the Pirates' entire payroll before they sell one ticket. Cha-ching! Profit. I told you how it was for a long time. Now, I almost hate to talk how bad they're going to suck because it's boring. Pirate fans are mad now, and I don't blame you. But you should have been mad in the offseason after 2015 when they started destroying a 98-win team. But a lot of you bought into their BS. You did. You actually thought Ryan Vogelsong could replace A.J. Burnett. And now you look really stupid. But I'm not sure you really have a right to be mad because that's how stupid you were and are. People are talking about retiring Kutch's number. That's a good idea. He was the face of the franchise during a very short period of being better than mediocre, which is probably the best the Pirates could ever hope for. But if you're going to retire Kutch's number 22, you better retire Barry Bonds' number 24. We will talk about that at the top of the hour. Now, on Twitter, people are talking about boycotts and protests. As far as the boycotts and protests go, just STFU. I've heard that BS too many times over too many years. But really, isn't a boycott already in progress? Like I said, Attendance has dropped by 600K since 2015. That is a boycott. I wonder how much attendance will drop this season by how many hundred thou? My guess would be five. Maybe. Uh, So I still think the Steelers are a more relevant point of discussion. I got a column coming out in a trip tomorrow about trying to change the culture by ditching uh, Mike Mitchell, Vince Williams, and Joey Porter. Somebody should run that by DeCastro and Foster. I also would not bring Todd Haley back. Uh, So keep listening. Give me a call at 412-333-WXDX. We got Tim Benz at the bottom of the hour.
to recap the Steelers season. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mark, what do you say, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? What up? What if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. Let's review the offseason so far with the Pirates. Garrett Cole, delete! Andrew McCutcheon, delete! Josh Harrison, delete! Payroll, delete! Chances of ever winning again, delete! 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 The Great War has begun, yes! And the only way to win is to not show up. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Here's one thing that should be crystal clear when we talk about the Pirates. Bob Nutting isn't going to sell the team. It's a cash cow. Why would he sell it? Mario isn't going to buy the team or Mark Cuban or Thomas Tull. The Pirates belong to Bob Nutting and will continue to belong to Bob Nutting. The Pirates, as usual, are blaming baseball's economics for having to trade Kutch. That's the reality, is what we keep being told. Here's a little more reality. Bob Nutting is a billionaire and the ninth richest owner in Major League Baseball. Nutting has plenty more money to spend. He just doesn't want to. That's reality. Nutting says that trading Colin Kutch doesn't affect the Pirates' chances of winning the World Series. He's actually right. Just not in the way you'd like. As I mentioned at the top of the show... Josh Harrison says that the Pirates aren't serious about contending. He wants to be traded. That's the final act that needs to be played out this offseason. And the Milwaukee Brewers reportedly want Josh Harrison. Hey, aren't the Brewers also small market? How dare they try to win? Are they crazy? Your thoughts, 412-333-9939. Ordinarily, I, 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 I know what you're expecting. You're expecting me to remind you that I told you years ago this is how it was going to end up with the Pirates. You expect me to rub it in and dance on the grave of your Pirate fandom? You expect me to say, told you so, told you so, told you so, told you so. Told you so. Well, I did tell you so. And if you're surprised, it's because you're stupid. But rubbing it in (laughs) and laughing at your misery, that is just not my style. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Ben spoke today. Uh, We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, he said he will play next year, but take it one year at a time. That, I believe. 
He also said his issues with Todd Haley have been blown out of proportion. That I do not believe. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, how are you doing on this Sunday or uh, snowy afternoon? Great. I knew that. Hey, two things. One, I was just curious what you knew uh, as far as the status of the injured Penguins. And secondly, uh, on this pirate issue, I agree 100%. I've said for years I wouldn't go and haven't gone even with free tickets. My issue is there is taxpayer money involved with that stadium. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. What, what do you expect them to do? To sue Nutting to get the money back that was used to build the stadium? Well, I would think they should be able to hold him accountable since it was not paid by him. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. How would you, how would you know that? Okay, name one example where that's ever happened with any publicly funded stadium with any team in America. I don't know if it's ever happened. Okay, you know, know why you don't know? Because you didn't bother to check it out. And you don't know because it's never happened. It's never has happened. It ever, has it ever been tried? No, and you know what Pittsburgh would look like if it tried? A bunch of small-time jerks. That's fine with me. Uh, well, you know, it's fine with you because you're a loser. You're a nobody. You called up kissing my ass, and then you acted like a dink and talked like a moron, and you expect me to just suck up to you? You're an idiot. Never call here again. Yeah, let's let's sue nutting. Let's sue nutting and get the public funding back, and then we can build libraries and fill the potholes. God, you, you know what? When I take a call like that, it reminds me how small-time Pittsburgh really is. And it really is small-time. You don't know it because... You are small time too. Not me. I'm big time. I live on in a big house on the big side of town. And you know what the welcome mat says on my front door? I told you so. I told you so about what was going to happen with the Pirates. No, no, Ryan Vogelsong. He'll be just terrific. I told you so. And here we are at Judgment Day. But that's what they said about Whitesnake. Da-da-da-da-da. Let's go to Glenn in New Ken. Glenn, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, what's up? What up? Hey, uh, just hearing you talking about uh, not wanting to dance on the graves of our fandom. And that's actually, not I your, am doing exactly that. Nature. Well, yeah. Well, oh, no, I, I, I love doing it. I love, I love seeing you know, all the dopey Pirate fans you, you showing up as the fools they've always been. Like you, sir. You've always been a fool, but it just took hey, all I these was, dominoes falling to expose too. it. And now you know you're a fool. Now, i got a question for you, Glenn, in New Kenton, which is not a nice town. Well, B.B. Flannery, good guy. Uh, how are you going to deal with, with being shown up as a chump? How many games have you gone to for Pirate Games? This year? You know, since they started to be good. In life? How many? Uh, uh, I'd say 50. <laughs> what a dope you are. 50. How many have you been to? How many have you been to? How many have you been to? I go to two a year and sit in the Cambria Club, which is where the rich people sit to stay away from the people from New Ken. But let's get back to the question at hand, Glenn. How does it feel to be shown up as an idiot by Bob Nutting? He uh, has that money. I'm Those not. 50 games and the money you spent... For those 50 games worth of tickets, Glenn, I know that would go a long Most way in New Kent. You'll, you'll never get, get that back. Work, so. What's that? Yeah. Most of those tickets I get are free, given to me from my work. So well, You should sell them and try to move out of New Kent, for God's sakes. I don't live in New Kent. You just, just it says right through. here you do. Where do you live? I, <laughs> North Hills. 
You, you're such a liar. You're a liar, better. Goodbye, uh, Glenn. The Pirates made all of you into fools. All you people who invested your money and faith and your heart and your soul into the Pirates have been made into fools. Not me. I told you. I knew what happened. I predicted this exactly how many years ago. And uh, like, like I said, the way this should have played out is this. The window should have been kept open through the end of Kutch's contract this coming season. And then you go back to the lowest payroll in baseball. But if they had built on top of that 2015 team for three more years and spent some money, you'd have no complaints. But now you have plenty of complaints because, like the SI article says, the Pirates had one of the best cores in baseball and never spent on a big-time free agent to augment it and get over the top, which is why they never won a playoff series. And now they're going to stink. They're just going to stink. And, and here's the best part. Like I said, not the best part, but the funniest part. And I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. The best part is they don't care if you show up now. They had a few years of huge attendance. Now they're getting that tech payoff. They could take the tech payoff and the revenue sharing, never sell a ticket, and they're still incredibly profitable. Not that they've cut payroll back. And imagine the TV money. Imagine the advertising. Those contracts are still in place. Imagine the dopes, including many of you, dopes, idiots, suckers, fools, disciples of P.T. Barnum, maybe even his illegitimate children. Did you send your season ticket money in yet? I bet some of you have, and they're not going to give it back to you. Ha, 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 Oh, God. For me, it's a glorious day. i got to be honest. Steelers lose, Pirates sell out, Penguins win four straight, Liverpool four, Man City three. Oh, I am too messing. I am throbbing. Tim Ben's up next, 105.9. X, and now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. Uh, Richard Mann, the Steelers wide receiving coach, is going to retire And the word is that Heinz Ward is going to get his job. Just when the Steelers need less buddy system, we're going to get more buddy system. Joining me now, the host of the Steelers pregame show on DVE and the columnist for Trip Sports, we welcome Tim Benz. Tim, how much did the Steelers' culture of chaos ultimately hurt? All the yapping and looking past opponents. They somehow managed to survive it in the regular season. I just think it culminated at the wrong time against the wrong team, a team that was better than maybe they gave it credit for, and a team that if it needed an extra little boost, they served it up on a silver platter. Uh, Mark, I'm not real big on, well, they needed motivation to win an AFC playoff game. Like, you know, the Jaguars were so limp that if they didn't have that, they would have otherwise lost, but... I'll counter that by saying in the 20-plus years I've been doing this, I've never seen a locker room enjoy beating an opponent as much as the Jaguars enjoyed beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they had it all on the tip of their tongue afterwards, telling Le'Veon, just go ahead and retire, uh, mocking A.B.'s business is booming chant, uh, calling Mike Mitchell over to the locker room. Uh, they knew a chapter and verse, and um, that was evident how they played. I don't know if the Steelers overlooked Jacksonville that much in that week leading up to the game, but I sure do know this. 
the Jaguars were acutely aware and made themselves feel like they were. And I think that it played a factor in how well they performed and how fired up they were from Jump Street and how they opened things up and attacked in that first quarter. Ben says he wants minimal change for next year. I'd say minimal change would guarantee the same finish. What say you, Tim? I tend to agree with that. I I don't think that there's a reason to stick with the coaching staff 100%, particularly at some of the position coaching uh, points of interest on the defense. Like, I'd say... You know, do you have to look at a change at outside linebackers coach with Joey Porter? What about Carnell Lake in the secondary? Um, I wouldn't have the least bit of a problem with changes there. And I'm just fatigued with the constant game in, game out, um, back and forth between Haley and Roethlisberger. If those two come back together, and boy, Ben went out of his way on his radio show to make it sound like that would happen, then, you know, if you're endorsing keeping things together, Ben, and you're endorsing Haley as much as you were today, and it sure sounded that way to me, then, you know, let's make it sound a little bit more in sync publicly than what has been the case the last few years. Well, Tim, I heard Ben talk as well, and I didn't get the impression he was uh, campaigning for Haley to come back. I got the feeling he was putting distance between himself and Haley getting fired. Well, I could have interpreted what he said as, I'm not the one kicking him out the door if that happens at somebody else's call. Like, kind of, maybe to your point, publicly separating himself from the decision process. I'm of the opinion that should be the case, Mark, just to let you know. I don't think Haley's been bad as the offensive coordinator. What I do think is bad is the level of trust between Roethlisberger and Haley. Well, well, the disconnect. Yeah, like, you know, why do so many calls have to be audible at the line of scrimmage? Like, why is it every time a big play happens in the fourth quarter, there's a host of reporters asking Roethlisberger, did that come in from the sidelines? And he constantly says, well, no, we checked into that here, or I made that call at the line, or I saw that defense. Well, if you trust the coordinator, shouldn't you trust the plays that are coming in? Or why does everything have to be checked into something that he had? Uh, I don't think that would be the case as much if a different coordinator was in there. It certainly wasn't the case when Arians was the offensive coordinator. We didn't hear that when Arians was the OC, right? Oh, absolutely correct. And, uh, Tim, here's what I'd do. I'd fire Joey Porter. I'd cut Mike Mitchell and Vince Williams. I'd get rid of the big talkers that don't help much and hope that sends a message to the big talkers you got to keep because they're good. What would you do with Martavis? Would you trade him in that mix, too? That's a little bit of a closer call because of his talent, uh, but but I'd prefer to keep him. See, I would like to see what the market is for him. If you could, thought you could get some decent return, then do it. I think you can find wide receivers elsewhere. I don't buy that he is not going to be a problem in the middle of next season like he was. Yeah, you know what? You talked season. me into it. Get rid of him. Yeah. Um, Mitchell, I'm 100% with you on. Uh, Williams, I think you can still keep as a valuable backup, but... They're going to have to address inside linebacker. No, Tim, if, he, if he's a backup, that won't get rid of his big yapper. He's got a yapper. Uh, I think, yeah, he does, but I think it's it's uh, mollified if he's a backup. Uh, I don't know if they can do it, though, Mark. I, I don't know if they can sign an inside linebacker and draft one and address that position twice with the other Oh, Tim, come have. on. You could drive your truck down any time USA and come back with three inside linebackers at least as good as Vince Williams. Well, where though? I mean, you're talking you're talking on free agency because those guys cost one of that caliber, really. Yeah, they do. I think that's that's why they stay away from free agency so much because you find yourself overpaying. I think their first round draft choice should for sure 
be an inside linebacker, but I, I don't know if they can find another one to start and pay decent money to to replace Williams. I, I think they might do what they did a couple years ago and get like a Larry Foot type as a fourth rounder to replace Williams in a year, but I don't think he's going to be displaced as a starter this season. Tim, what did you make of the report at ProFootball.com, ProFootballTalk.com, excuse me, that the limited partners among Steeler ownership are going to petition Art Rooney to fire Mike Tomlin? I think the operative words in what I read were limited and try. And I don't think you oh, have no, to Oh, no, no, they're just that. not going to fire Mike Tomlin. And it is kind of a fanboy reaction, but it, it, it doesn't put Tomlin and his credibility in Pittsburgh in a good light. Uh, you and I both know that those limited partners are just fans who wrote a check at some point, but but it looks like Steelers' ownership wants Tomlin fired to the general public. Right, exactly, and that's why I agree with you. It's not going to happen. The limited part is the key word in that sentence. Art Rooney won't let it happen, and to amplify the point that you're saying, Mark, it feels to me like these are the donors at LSU that wanted to chase Les Miles because he didn't cover the spread enough. You know, I just it feels like SEC college football stuff. Um, you know that yeah, they are fans, but they have a lot of money, so their opinion should count more per dollar. And I don't know which limited partners are doing it. The Pro Football Talk store didn't it just basically list every limited partner, but didn't say which ones were making the noise. So I don't. I'm not going to assume that all of them collectively have this opinion. But, you know, if the limited partners are so influential, why don't they go out and try to buy the Pirates? Oh, wait, that kind of happened once. And I didn't see Thomas Toll stepping in to stop Andrew McCutcheon or Garrett Cole being traded. So, like, I don't know if he's one of the limited partners that's involved in this wannabe coup or not, but I don't think they have the influence to really be heard beyond muttering in the press box during games. We're talking to Tim Benz here on 105.9 The X. Tim, will Haley and or Butler be back? What's your call on those two? I don't think Haley should be back because of the reasons I pointed out before. I, I just I think there's a fatigue factor and erosion there. I don't think Todd did a bad job. I, you know, under more normal conditions, bring him back as offensive coordinator, sure. But if this constant rub exists between him and the quarterback, despite the quarterback's attempts to soften it today, well, well, Tim, then, not not only that, but you have the battle of Tequila Cowboy to think about, the constant stuff that goes on with his wife. You know, incidents in the stands that that get hushed up, but but definitely happen. And they let his contract run out, and and they just don't normally do that if they're planning on bringing the guy back. Plus, Mark, let's look at it this way. Um, Even Ben, even if he doesn't like Haley or hasn't gotten along with Haley, whatever the case may be, he has to have had at least learned that there's an upside to not playing exactly the same as he did when it was 2011, right? In other words, what I'm saying is the residue from Haley being here and Ben seeing that you can have success within the offense, aside from him moving around the pocket, extending plays, and taking six sacks per game, maybe Haley has served his purpose. And if you put one of Ben's buddies, one of his cronies in there, like promote Randy Fittner or something like that, and he believes in the call coming from the coaches' staff and he's willing to go with it more often instead of freelancing on his own but still has the framework of, this is how I need to get rid of the ball to be effective and stay upright. Maybe you've got the better of both worlds there. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I, I think, to be honest, that Ben can't stand Haley, and you could administer the exact same game plan through Fickner, and Ben would be more cooperative with it and uh, have his health preserved by the general 
overall outlook of the game plan. Right, and, you know, maybe uh, you turn around and hand the ball off to Lev Bell on fourth and one instead of checking into a pass or something to that effect because it's coming, the call is coming from a guy you like as opposed to a guy that perhaps you don't. What uh, about maybe, Butler? Interrupt. Yeah, I think they keep Butler for at least one more year. I, I do too. Now, um, what's your take on some of the coaching decisions Sunday, Tim? Which did you find to be the most erroneous and most damaging? Um, if the pitch came from the coaching staff, then that's a horrible option to have checked into. That shouldn't be in the playbook on fourth and one. Don't that, pitch that's the, the worst possible call, Tim. A pitch five yards deep into your backfield on the short side of the field against a defense that can hit and run. Right. So I hated that. Stupid. Uh, I wouldn't have taken Rosie Nix off the field after he had blocked a couple times in a row and gotten the third and fourth and one in the first place on the second fourth and one call. Stupid there as well. And um, at first I was okay with the onside kick, and then about 10 minutes after the game I realized how stupid I was to be in favor of it. <laughs> I never should have been. I should have said so in the first place. In that moment, a reporter turned into a fan in me. Uh, that's allowed. It's not allowed when you're the coach. You can't have that emotional reaction. you got to play the odds. you got to play the percentages. you got to hope your defense rises up. I mean, was it 6 of 80 or something like that we saw in terms of successful onside kicks this year? Even if your defense is bad, hey, the other sideline has coaches too. Maybe Marone just slams Fournette in the line three times. You get the ball back with a two-minute warning and two timeouts, and you got a chance. Ben says he wants to run quarterback sneaks, Tim. Heck, he was running the option in the fourth quarter. Why not run a QB sneak? Yeah, it should be in the playbook, and I'm writing about this for the trip tomorrow, Mark. Uh, again, who do you want to believe in this? Going back to the rub between Haley and Roethlisberger and the constant he said, he said thing, remember back, it was uh, the the week following that Bengal game where they went one for six in the red zone, and Roethlisberger said, I'd like to have the onside, excuse me, I'd like to have the QB sneak in the playbook, and someone went to Haley with that. In fact, it was Mike Pursuta next door at DVE. He went to Haley with that and said, uh, Ben says he wants to have the a QB sneak in the playbook, and Haley looked at him mystified and said, Ben said that? And then he just kind of laughed it off and said, well, I guess we should put it in then. Well, what happened between the Bengal game and the Jaguar game then? Because it's not that difficult to design, is it? It shouldn't, what, you can't have that one go into the playbook in midseason? It's that complicated. Come on, give me a break. That should definitely be, that should be in every quarterback's playbook. Didn't Drew Brees run it in the NFC Championship game? He's older than Ben and half his side. It's not that hard. And finally, Tim, uh, did the defense fall apart because Shazier got hurt? Is it that simple? Because uh, Sunday wasn't just a problem at inside backer, although that was a big problem. I thought the entire front seven was invisible, and the secondary wasn't much better. Yeah, it was the major reason why the defense crumbled as the year went along, but not the single reason why it was so bad against Jacksonville. Shazier's a really good player, but you don't rely on him for pass rush, do you, very often? And they didn't have any sacks against Bortles. Uh, that was much more about the offensive line getting pushed off the ball. No such stuff about, well, it was a stretch play here or just a failed gap to be closed there. They got pushed around by an offensive line that isn't renowned for that. And uh, the outside linebackers, not the inside linebackers like Ryan Shazier, the outside linebackers didn't give him much in the last month of the season or so. Uh, there are problems beyond Shazier's absence with that defense. Um, his absence with that defense, and I think they manifested quite a bit against the Jags. Tim, as always, great stuff. We'll do it again soon. Hi, right, Mark. Good talking to you. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden.
Uh, ben Roethlisberger spoke today in a moment. We'll tell you some of the things he had to say and uh, a few interesting nuggets. Uh, Tom would said almost nothing. Well, one thing that was really stupid, we went over that. But Ben said some things that were fairly interesting. That's next on 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some important questions for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. Here's some good news for Penguin fans. Matthew Murray is on the ice for practice today on Cali. Hopefully he'll get back in the barrel for tomorrow night when the Penguins return to action. Also, TSN is reporting that the Buffalo Sabres want four assets to rent Evander Kane. I wouldn't give half that to rent that guy, so that puts him out of the Penguins' price range, I would think. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I want to get some calls next hour. I want Bucko angst, McCutcheon angst, Steeler angst, Penguin optimism because that's the only club that uh, inspires optimism currently. So dial 412-333-WXDX. Uh, ben spoke today. He said he will play next year, but we'll take it one year at a time. Not unlike Bonnie Franklin. Oh, wait, that's one day at a time. Anyway, uh, that's in response to reports Ben wanted to play at least three more years. Ben said he wants as little change as possible among players and coaches. He said his issues with Todd Haley have been blown out of proportion. That's what's known as dodging blame when Haley doesn't get brought back, which I believe to be the case. Uh, The big topic with Ben was the quarterback sneak. Ben said he is not against running the sneak and said he wants to run sneaks and quarterback draws, but that he does not have a call to switch to a sneak at the lot. That last part sounds like BS. Uh, Ben said he wants as little change as possible, and boy, I disagree. The same team is going to wallow in the same BS and probably have the same disappointing finish next year as I said a moment ago Richard Mann is retiring as the Steelers wide receiver coach Uh, congrats to him by the way on a great career in football and the rumor on the streets is that Heinz Ward will be hired as the receivers coach what the Steelers need right now is less buddy system Heinz Ward would be more buddy system. It's like Joey Porter still having a job. Joey Porter acts like he's still a player. Heinz Ward will come in and he'll act like he's still a player. The Steelers need less buddy system and Heinz Ward would be more. They should fire Porter and not hire Heinz Ward. One thing about Joey Porter that I kind of dozed off on what had happened but it's worth discussing Joey Porter's supposed to be this big badass, right? Well, he was running the position meeting where James Harrison fell asleep in a barca lounger and snored loudly. And Joey Porter was too scared to wake him up and call him out on it. 
Am I right? Joey Porter was too scared to call James Harris not on sleeping through the linebackers meeting. You, you know what's weird? I like Joey Porter so much when he was a player. And, and now I think as a coach, he's just such a useless jackass. 412 333 is the number to call. In just a second, I'm going to tell you how to win a thousand bucks. We could all use a thousand bucks. Well, I think you probably need it more than I do. But listening in just a few seconds, I'll tell you how to win a thousand bucks. A thousand dollar bribe is what we're calling it right here on the X. Okay, so let's get the calls lined up. I've done a ton of talking. I want to know what you think about the pirates betraying your faith and your trust by trading McCutcheon for nothing and trading Cole for nothing. They're actually paying McCutcheon part of his salary, 2.5 mil, to play for somebody else for the San Francisco Giants. I've got to be honest, I always knew Kutch was going to go uh, and not re-sign with the Pirates. I always knew that. So did you. I never thought it could end this bad. Getting nothing at all in return and paying $2.5 million of his ticket next year. The Pirates could not possibly look any worse in making the Andrew McCutcheon deal. Okay, uh, it's time to win. Just keep listening. Hear the keyword, then call. And you can win a $1,000 bribe from 105.9 x Listen, call, text the keyword, and you can win $1,000. Wow. I make money pretty easy, but that's really easy. 105.9 x